Good morning, everyone. It's great to see you this morning. You know, um, in our Christian journey, many times um, when we talk about Christ's victory in our lives, it sometimes paints a picture that we don't have any sort of kind of trouble or we have to go through some stuff in our life. But even through this stuff, that the truth is that we, we have victory in Christ. But the thing is, there can be some times that the in, uh, in our lives. And uh, my title of my message today is, It is finished, but is it? It is finished, but is it? What I mean by that is that you'll understand what I'm talking to you about. We, sometimes as Christians, we, Easter comes around and, and we thank God for his death and his resurrection and we, we go around saying it is finished as if like Christ now is no longer uh, available to do anything and he just came to die on the cross for our sins and that was it. Uh, and so then we sort of live with a life that every Easter comes, we celebrate his death and resurrection and it is finished. But as you read the story through the Gospels, Acts 1 verse 3 says this, After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a 40-day period and spoke about the kingdom of God. So when I say it is finished, but is it really? Well, actually, it shows us very clearly there that Christ actually wasn't finished. What I mean by that was that, yes, he paid the price for sin by dying on the cross and being raised from the dead. And so what was finished was the penalty was paid for our sin. But Christ was not finished. If he was finished, then we would never read an account where after his resurrection that he actually manifests himself on earth. He would have gone straight back to heaven. But actually, Christ has still not finished with his mission and his church. Yes, he's finished with paying the price for our sins on the cross. But when we say that Jesus is alive, that means he's still active. And if we just say, yeah, you know, he just died on the cross and that's it. No, I want to encourage you today. For three years, the disciples, these amazing men who were with all the weaknesses that we have in our life as, as followers, they walk with him, experience his miracles and his power and his amazing teaching. They had so much authority. But yet when Jesus died on the cross, these guys denied him and they also disowned him. And you know, when you read the scriptures, Jesus actually promised them two things. He said, listen, I'm going to die. And on the third day, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be raised from the dead. Secondly, all of you are going to desert me. And then you read the scriptures, Peter said, Lord, I will not do that. Whatever happens, I, I will go with you wherever you go. And the disciples, in a little phrase, says, and they all agreed the same. But yet, two things actually happened to God's word. That number one, he was raised from the dead. And number two, they all deserted him. I want to tell you today, no matter how high you are on the mountaintop in your walk with God, there will be a day in your life where your faith will be tested where the things will not work out how you want them to be in your life. And there'll be a cause in your heart where you, in a sense, will begin to retreat from the things of God, just like these guys here, and move away from His purpose and His calling in your life. 
You know, if you look at the account, every one of them was actually in despair. They lost their hope and they lost their faith. And I want to say it's not impossible for you and me to actually go through those seasons in our lives. In fact, there may be someone in this room and someone online right now that you've came here and you're looking online, but in your heart, you're not where you need to be in God. Because of life, just like these disciples, with all the good intentions, have now lost hope. And, you know, they have denied him. Peter lied about him. Everyone betrayed Jesus after saying they're going to be with him. How many times have we sang the songs to the Lord that, you know, here's my life, whatever you want me to do, I'll do for you. And then in a couple of months' time, the song is gone. But let me tell you, you don't need to leave with a guilt trip because that's sometimes life. Because if the disciples did it, then so are we. If these guys walked with Jesus for three years, and they touched him and saw the manifest power of God in his teachings, how do you think that we ourselves will not face challenges, sometimes deny him, some, sometimes walk away from the purpose, drop tools in the call upon our lives? But I want to say to you, Jesus has not finished because he stayed around for 40 days for two purposes and what I want to bring to you. And, and he continues his mission throughout today. Jesus did not go back to his father because he realised he had to get to encourage those that lost their faith in him. You know, if you think about Jesus, he could have, because he was, he's now alive, he could have gone into Jerusalem, into the temple and showed everybody that disbelieved about him, say, look, I'm back. Just like he said, Thomas, look, I'm back. Look at the, the proof that I'm here. He could have actually uh, gone into to those people that actually didn't believe him and said, look, I'm here, but he never. He actually went after those that, that trusted him and followed him because he wanted to impact their lives before we went back to the Father to, to reignite the fire of the mission, the call and the purpose, even though they betrayed him. Even though they denied him, even though they abandoned him, Jesus had a mission and it was go and find his followers and to encourage them back into following him. You know, Jesus has not finished that in our lives. I don't care how far you are away from God today. I don't care if you've not been to church for three years, but today you've rocked up. I want to tell you, God in his heart is still after you. I want to encourage you today. You know, we think we can get away from God, but let me tell you, Jesus actually came back after, after his resurrection, stayed around 40 days to convince them that he was alive. And you know, you may be here today, maybe you know the Lord, but you need again convincing that Jesus Christ is alive. We say he is risen, but in your life, he's probably vacant. And do you know what? God, again, wants to come to you and reignite the fire and hope and purpose over your life. And you cannot allow the guilt or the failure or your mistakes of yourself or what others have done to stop Jesus coming again to you this Easter and revealing himself to you because that's his heart. He went after the 12 disciples to reignite their purpose over their lives. I'm so encouraged. And we look at what Jesus did. It says this, when Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, what did he do? He appeared to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. 
Here's a woman that's experienced the power of God and the deliverance of God, but now looking at no hope in her life. So Jesus' priority was, I've got to get to Mary. And I've got to let her know that I'm alive because I want to reignite the passion and the testimony in her life because many people who are oppressed need to hear her story. And some of you sitting in this room and online have a story that God has done amazing things on your life, but that story has become dead through circumstances. Jesus, by his presence, wants to reignite your story. Maybe you've not told your story for years, but now Jesus is saying, it's time to allow your story to rise and be resurrected again because there's people out there that need your story. I want to know that, that God's ways are amazing. What did he do to Mary? He didn't sit down and tell her how bad she was not for believing. He said, right, I've, I've got a mission for you. I want you to go to the, to the, to the disciples and I want you to tell them that I'm alive. What I love about this, that Jesus entrusted his first resurrection gospel sermon to a woman. Come on, ladies. Come on, ladies, a bit louder. See, the fellas was hiding in fear. You know, all this nonsense about women in ministry. Come on, get a life. Jesus knew that this woman could be trusted with the first presentation of his resurrection. And when she went to the guys, they didn't believe her. Interesting, isn't it? Ladies, don't worry. Don't give up on your man. He'll believe you one day. How many times has Linda said, I'm sure the Lord's speaking to us. Oh, I'm not sure about that. It's a little bit of pride, doesn't it, that we always want to know, you know, we want to, we want to bring the word of the Lord in the house, but isn't it amazing? God will just bypass us and thinking, you're not listening to me, I need to speak to your wife. <laughs> Praise God. But it's interesting how God uses people to get our attention. Let me tell you something. If the Holy Spirit brings somebody to your memory that has not been in church for a long time or you know has backslidden, you need to get hold of them. Because Jesus sent this woman to go and tell them that he was alive. And God uses his same method all the time. He uses people to get people back to their walk with God. And so when somebody texts you, if you're, if you're not walking around with the Lord and that brother or sister keeps texting you, reminding you, where are you at church? Don't get mad with them. God's on their case trying to provoke you to get back to walk with the Lord. It's interesting that she goes to him and, you know, we have to persevere sometimes because when, when you get a word from God and you go and speak to somebody about Jesus, you know what, we're missing you. And they get all upset. You know, they didn't believe her either. So you have to have patience, but just keep sowing the seed because when you go to them, it's, it's like God is trying to speak to you through them to get their attention. I want to encourage you that one of our priorities in serving God in our mission is serving one another. So Christ came to Mary and he said, you know, your first priority is not at the moment to go and tell the world about me, but go and tell your brothers about me. And what we sometimes miss in our life, we talk about mission, but the first part of our mission is to encourage the saints to keep going with God. Your gift and your ability has been given by the Lord, not for yourself, but to, to give to somebody else because there'll be times in their life where they'll feel down and denial and depression and we need to come alongside them and impart the gift that God's given to us. 
You know, when you look at all our volunteers in this church, just on Sunday morning, they're coming, sometimes they don't feel like it, but they come early at eight o'clock, they're set up. Why? Because their gift is helping to encourage you that come. But I'm going to tell you, God wants all these people to be participators and use their gift that God has given them so they can serve other people to build them up. Since you are eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. Your ministry gift for the local church is not for your own ego, but to help other people who are struggling in their walk with God. But we have different gifts according to the grace given to us, every single one of you. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Saviour, God has imparted a gift to you and you are to use that to help other people, to help them in their walk with God. Just like he said to Mary, you go and you've experienced me alive. Now you go, go and tell your brothers about me. Romans 12 says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. You see, there are times in our life that we lose our fervour in our service. And we need people around us that will encourage us to keep going. I want to tell you, if you feel like nobody cares about you and God has forgotten you, God will send you people. God will send you somebody to provoke you, to encourage you, to tell you that God has not finished with your life yet. And you need to know that this morning, that Jesus finished the death and resurrection, but he never finished his mission. He had to stay around to convince the disciples that he was alive. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. I want to encourage you as a church to look for those who have been disappointed. Look for those who are disheartened, who are no longer walking with Jesus and go seek them out. Send them a text. Do something to encourage you. Say, Jesus loves you and we miss you. It's not just the mission of the few pastors to do that. But you are to be released to go and help and strengthen your brothers and sisters. If Jesus appointed Mary, who had loads of demonic activity cast out of her life, God is saying, I want to use my church to go and to reach out. And you know, sitting here and online, you know there was people that used to walk with God and are no longer around. Well, listen, if God puts you on their heart, you need to try and reach out, begin to pray for them. Because God has still got purpose for their life and he wants to use them. I want to tell you that you have to begin to look at your life as a follower of Christ. And you've got to begin to say that God has deposited a gift in you. He didn't save you to sit. He saved you to serve. Now I know some of you with your bodily functions have got not the energy, but you can pray. You know, our disability can't disable our prayers. We can intercede so God can still use us and we need prayer warriors to pray, to pray, to pray, to pray. Because Jesus said to Peter, Satan has tried to sift you as, as wheat, but I have prayed for you. Yeah. And so don't underestimate the power of prayer. If somebody is away from God, if your family members away from God, begin to get on your knees and pray, God, you arrest them, you reveal yourself again to them that you are alive. See, at the close of life, the question will not be how much have you gotten, but how much have you given? How much, not how much have you won, but how much have you done? Not how much have you saved, but how much have you sacrificed? It will be how much have you loved and served, not how much we have been honoured. Jesus said to Mary, I want you to go to your brothers and I 
I'm going to go ahead of you and meet you there. You see, whatever you do for the Lord, we have Jesus actually with us by the presence of the Holy Spirit and we're not on our own. Jesus backs us up when he sends us to do his mission. And so we need to know that. And here's the interesting thing. If that wasn't enough, if, if, if God can't send people to you, then he'll other ways that Jesus will appear to you. And the other way in Mark 16, it says afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form. So there's not just one way where God will look out and get your attention. You know what I'm trying to tell you today is that, that God's priority is to get you. And what I mean by that, when he gets you, wants to breathe life into you, wants to encourage you, wants to put a fire back into your heart and he wants to send you back on mission with purpose and power. And he will do it in different ways because the next appearance as you see, is that he went and walked along two disappointed disciples who was walking away from Jerusalem. They were walking away from church disappointed. And Jesus rocks up and they didn't recognise him. And he begins to say to them, how are you doing? And it says their faces were downcast. And they begin to unload their story of how disappointed they were with Jesus now being dead. But Jesus walks right beside them and he listens to allowing them to reveal that heart of disappointment. And then what does Jesus do? He begins to give them a Bible study. You know, under the sound of my voice from preaching the Word today, God's going to revive some people because the Word of God is alive and active and sharp. It's not about the person, but it's about the Word of God. And so Jesus walks alongside them and he gives an amazing Bible study from the prophets to Isaiah. And the Bible study, let me tell you, the Bible study was all about Jesus. You know something what's really important to us who, who love Bible studies, who, who love teaching people about the Word, please don't let them leave in how, thinking how good you are at Bible studies. You have to leave people thinking how good Jesus is. Because Jesus himself taught the Bible and it taught them about himself. So I get worried when people say, oh, wasn't they an amazing teacher or preacher? And I say, well, what they left you with? Well, aren't they amazing? No, but is Jesus amazing? Has Jesus been revived in your life? Not how good they are, but how good Jesus is. And so a good Bible study and a good sermon leaves you with wanting more of Jesus, more about Jesus that Jesus is the priority of our lives. It's not how good the church is or how good the preacher is, but it's how good Jesus is in your life. And maybe today in your life, you've lost the focus of who Jesus is in your life. Because we get so distracted, the most important thing is, are you doing what God wants you to do? And these guys betrayed him, denied him, but he wasn't going to leave them like that. And God's not going to leave you like that either. So he sent them a woman and he sent them a Bible study. And it's really interesting to know the next thing that he does, if he can't get you with somebody telling you that he loves you, if he can't get you with a Bible study, he will get you by blowing your mind away with an amazing provision in your life. So he turns up, the next appearance is on the shore when the disciples fished all night and caught nothing. He said, hey, caught any fish? And they go, no. He said, okay, you need a cast on the other side. And when they did that, they caught so many fish and then he broke the net. And they came on shore and Jesus made them breakfast. That's the last thing that you think God will do when you betrayed him. Because we've been taught some things about God that's untrue. 
that he's out to get you and sort you out. If he was going to sort anybody out, it would have been Peter. Not only denied him, sweared about him and lied, but yet Jesus turns up with a supernatural provision in their lives and then says, come, let me make your breakfast. What does he do in that encounter with God? It was his supernatural favour of provision that got their attention. And from that encounter with Jesus, he recommissions Peter into ministry. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Peter, do you love me? Three times, because three times he denied him. And Jesus needs to recommission him over those three times. And Jesus, Peter, I have forgiven you for your mistakes. Now go feed my sheep. See, God has a purpose, his pastoral concern, his supernatural outpourings of provision, his revelation of Bible is sending people to you. It's not just to comfort you and pastor you, but to recommission you for his purpose. And I believe in church life, we stop at just, oh, we've got to care for people. We've got to make sure they're happy and comfortable. We've got to make sure that they're, they're, they're still encouraged. No, you can't leave the Great Commission out of the purpose of why we do that. We follow up people to make sure they're walking with God so they can be released into the world so they can make a difference. And sometimes in church life, we stop at just that we're a social concern. We are not. We are, we are ambassadors of Christ. And so all our encouragement, all our phone calls, all our follow-up is to make sure not only you get encouraged, but you get in touch with your purpose so you can be an ambassador for Jesus. Because he's still on mission. So Jesus' first priority wasn't just to say, oh, you poor, poor believers, you're in doubt. Let me encourage you. Let me fill you with the Spirit so you can go home and carry on life as normal. And that's what sometimes church is like. We come for a filling to feel better so we can get rid of the guilt that we've been to church. Or we just, thought, we just need a touch of God and get provision. But God is, has got a mission for your life. He saved you on purpose for a purpose. And wherever you are, whether it's in university, in the arts, if your professional career, whatever it is that God has called you not to keep Jesus in the room. This is Easter and we shout He is risen. But does anybody know in your life that He's alive? Jesus wants to get to you so He can get through you. There is a world going to a lost eternity. And the only hope is the church. I know I'm raising my voice, but I'm really excited about the mission. And God wants to use me and you. He could have chosen another 12 who never disappointed him. But he never, because he wasn't going to waste three years of investment. And God is not going to waste his sacrifice on the cross to look for anybody else but his church. God is still pursuing you. And so he couldn't, so he comes to supernatural provision. And then he recommissions Peter. And then finally, what's, I like this even more, he comes to Thomas a week later after the, the other disciples experienced Jesus. Thomas rocks up and says, how you doing guys? Thomas, it's a, you missed the best meeting you've ever been in your life. What do you mean I missed the meeting? Because you never come to church this week, Jesus turned up and he changed our lives and Thomas is going, you are kidding. Anyway, I'm not really bothered about that because 
if Jesus, I need him to, to prove that he's really alive. You know, this is what he said. So Thomas, also known as Didius, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where his nails were, and put my hand over his side, I will not believe. Can you believe that? This is Thomas. And John 11 says, then Thomas, also known as Didius, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Wow. Now here is Thomas, doesn't even believe in him. But Jesus didn't stop from coming back, even though he missed church, to show up just for Thomas. Isn't our God amazing? Isn't Jesus amazing? When you think you've blown it or missed it, Jesus knows exactly the timing that he needs to turn up in your life. So he rocks up, he, he walks through locked doors, doesn't even knock. Some of you think that you have to give Jesus permission to come and reveal himself to you. Let me tell you something, you're dealing with God here. There are times in your life that God does not need your permission to appear to you. Just like he did the Apostle Paul. He turned up ready to persecute the church so Jesus turned up and knocked him off his horse. If it takes Jesus knocking you off your horse, it, whatever it takes to get you back on track, he'll do it. We talk about him, he's gentle and mild and he won't force. Let me tell you something, we're talking about God. You are too precious for, for, for him to wait for you and decide for him to turn up. Because some of you won't decide that. So Jesus turns up and says, hi guys, walk through the door, it's locked. Hi, how are you doing? Thomas, come here. I want you to put, I want you to stretch out, reach out and put your hands in these holes and in my side. Can you, can you imagine Thomas thinking, my goodness. Is, what, I, what I like about this story is that Thomas, in his doubt, said, look, if, 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 he, if he's real, if, he's, if he is alive, then, then I'm not going to believe until he does this. Do you know something? We're talking about Almighty God here and he actually honours his request. Do you know why? Because he didn't look to Thomas's doubt, he looked to his potential in the future because Thomas brought the gospel to India. When he looked at Peter, he didn't look at his denial, he looked at him preaching the day of Pentecost where 3,000 got saved. And what you need to know in your life and my life, that we look at our frailty, look at our failures, but God sees your potential. And if you would just allow him to refresh the life of God in you, you'd be, you'd be astounded at what God can do through your life. And so he, he put his hands in the holes and he said, Lord and my God, Lord and my God, the 40 days that Jesus appeared, the first reason was to ignite the church to be alive back to his mission. And secondly, the main purpose, the first reason was that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. You see, the character of God can't change. He had to go for his saved first and then he empowered them to go for the lost. I want to say to you today that, that, that Christ came 
this Easter 2,000 years ago because he came to seek and save which was lost. He came to reach humans, so he had to become a human. Fully God, fully man, to take our sin on the cross so we could have life and come into a relationship with Jesus. 2 Corinthians says that God who, who made him sin knew no sin so we could become the righteousness of God. This is love, John says, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his love in this, that yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, God made the first move. And when the disciples messed up, it was Jesus that made the first move. They didn't, they didn't really have a prayer meeting to move God. They were they was so disappointed. Peter went back fishing. Thomas lost his faith. But Jesus made the first move again. After being raised from the dead, he then goes back to convince them that he was alive. That he was alive. And when he appears, you look at the, what he says to them before he goes. He said, he said, he came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. You see, that is our priority, church. We want all the pastoral care. We want all the encouragement. We want all our gifts operating. But out of that flows, we have to make disciples of all nations, bottom line. And the problem is, and it's all, it's cool to go make a family, and it's cool to make a career, and it's cool to make money, but have you any room in your life to make disciples? Because that's what God's will is for us. Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything that I have taught you. Jesus finished his work on the cross, but his work isn't finished. Because he's still here today, and he's still using people, and he's still encouraging his church, and those that have fallen away, and those that are discouraged, and he will come to you in a fresh way. Why? To revive you so you can get on fire for his mission. And so I want to encourage you today, wherever you are today, you know, I don't know where you are spiritually, but some of you in this room, and there is no shame in this, some of you need again the convincing proof that he's alive. You know he's alive, but what I mean by that is you need to see him active again. You need to see him turn up again. You need to see a revelation again. You need to see some, some, some convincing proof that you, that he's alive. Maybe you've been through the mill. Maybe you are disappointed. Maybe you found yourself going back, but Jesus is after you. I love it, don't you? Jesus is after you. He's not forgotten you, and he loves you. No matter what condition you are in, his heart is to convince you that he loves you. And you know, it's interesting that God sends people to us. He uses the Bible to bring us back to him. He also uses supernatural enabling through provision and miracles and signs and wonders. But the last one with Thomas, this is important as I come to close. What Thomas needed was a personal encounter with Jesus. He needed a touch of God. Why don't you stand with me? 
I'm going to make two appeals today in the room and online. The first one is if you know that you've been born again, you're a Christian, but you know you've lost the fire in your heart. Disappointment, discouragement, life has just taken that away from you. And God is not actually judging you at all today because he waited a week for Thomas and time is not an issue for Jesus. When he's ready, he will show up. But my question to you is, will you reach out to him? Because Jesus was there and he's here by his Holy Spirit because when Jesus finished after commissioning the 12, he went back to his father and he released the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit empowered the New Testament church to be witnesses. Mission doesn't change. But my question to you is today that Jesus is actually here by his presence. It's the Holy Spirit that convicts and will lead us into all truth. He's the one that empowers and strengthens and comforts. But Jesus said to Thomas, look, here's my, here the holes in my hand, but I want you to do one thing, Thomas. I want you to reach out, put your hand in here. And all that God needs from you today and online, all that he needs is your heart to reach out. Say, Lord, I need a fresh touch from you. I just need a fresh encounter with the living God. I just need some convincing proof that you're alive. See, God answered Thomas's doubt in prayer. And I want to say to you, you know, if you've had it tough, Jesus wants to strengthen you again. Wants to recommission you again. It might not be the same as it was before. But the main purpose is because he misses you and he loves you. He has a purpose on your life and it's not changed. See, God doesn't give you his gifts to take them back when you mess up. He deposited them in your life for his purpose. And there are some people out there waiting for your gift to be manifest again in your life and your presence. So there's two prayers. One for you if you know you're a Christian, but you just feel a little bit deflated. You just feel like, I just don't know whether I can do this anymore. See, there's no condemnation in Christ and Christ doesn't run away, but he runs near to him. He says, Thomas, I want to fill you again with my presence. I want to recommission you with my power. I want to remove all the shame of unbelief because I love you. Second response, if you're in this room and you're online and you have never encountered the love of God, but you want to say, well, do you know what? I'm not sure if I even believe in God. Well, that's okay. Because Jesus came back to convince people that he was alive. And maybe you are here today and you're thinking, I don't know if this God is real. Well, I want to tell you, why don't you reach out and say, okay, if you're, if you're real, I'm going to reach out in some kind of faith and say, I want you to appear to me and to let me know that you're alive. Because Jesus will do that. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's not my job. That's his job. And all across this room and all across online, the Holy Spirit is beginning to move in different areas of your life. People, God is touching people right now. 
and he's wooing you and he's softening your heart and he's saying, come on, I want to invade your life with a fresh touch of my presence. And I'm going to read one scripture to finish and I'm going to pray an amazing prayer that Jesus is going to come and invade you and touch you. It may not be today, it may be next week, it may be tomorrow, I don't know. But if you're sincere in your heart today and say, Lord, I am struggling, I don't know where I am right now, but I need again a fresh touch of the presence of God. I need to know again the movings of God, the provision of God, the love of God. Lord, would you convince again to me that you that this is real? And I love it. That's what the first thing that Jesus did after his resurrection. Isn't that amazing? Here's the scripture. Every one of you bow your head with me. You online too. Just put your hand on your heart. Jesus said to Thomas, would you reach out? Come on, just move one step towards me and I'll do the rest. That's all God wants from you right now. If you've messed up, if you've made mistakes, then God will forgive you of your sin if you're sincere. Romans 10 says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew or Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and riches blesses all who call on him. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, will be refreshed, will be renewed, will be recommissioned. If you'll call upon him this morning, if you're willing to take one step and reach out to him and touch him, the Holy Spirit will do something fresh in your heart, fresh in your life, recommission you, forgive you, cleanse you and fill you with His presence. If you're here for the first time, if you don't know Jesus, if you're online and you said, you know what? I want Jesus in my life. I want Him to prove that He's alive. And that scripture I've prayed, you say, Lord, I just believe in you today. I confess that you are Lord. Forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to come into my life and prove yourself to me. I now give my life to you. I want to live for you. Prove that you are alive. Forgive me of all my sins and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, come now into those hearts, into those lives. Lord, you reveal yourself on this Resurrection Sunday for Jesus is alive. If you believe that in your heart and you've said it sincerely, Jesus will show up and you will know it. And you will come and tell us that something has taken place in your heart for the first time and God will make Himself known to you. And if you've done that, if you're in the building, we have just some literature that will help you. You go take one. You said yes to God at the reception. Please take one. Tell somebody. And secondly, last prayer, for those in the room that are saved, you know Jesus, but you know you're not where you need to be. The fire's gone. The faith is gone. I want to tell you on Resurrection Sunday, there is hope for you.
Will you reach out? Will you in your heart say, okay, Lord, whatever it's going to take, would you, would you show yourself again to me? Would you, would you, would you rekindle the fire? Would you, would you change? Would you bring hope back? Would you allow my faith to be reestablished over my life? If that's you in the house or online, why don't you put your hand on your heart with me? I'm going to pray over you. Because I can pray, but you've got to receive. And you're receiving, you're saying, Lord, will you touch me? If you can do it for Thomas, you can do it for me. If you can do it for Peter, you can do it for me. If you can do it for the rest that denied you and betrayed you, you can do it for me. Father, I thank you for every born again believer in the house and online. Lord, that your purpose has not changed for their life. The gift of God, Lord, has been given to their life. Lord, you're not willing to take it back. And no matter where they are in their journey, no matter what's happened in their journey, Lord, Easter Sunday, again, you want to call them back into your purpose and into their faith with you. Lord, you love us so much. Lord Jesus, would you work right now by your Holy Spirit? As they reach out from the heart, would you reach in? Holy Spirit, would you do your work? Would you do something that we can't do? Because this is not man-made. No man can convince you, but Jesus is alive. Holy Spirit, would you now refresh, empower, renew? Lord, would you remove guilt? Lord, would you remove shame? Lord, would you remove unbelief? Holy Spirit, would you invade your church? Would you fill them with passion and power? Father, we ask it in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray, Lord, that no longer will be lukewarm, one for in and one for out. But we make a decision today with your presence and your power. Lord, we will be all in for Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit. Donna, would you come? Donna's going to sing over us with the worship team. Let's keep standing. This is, we're not ending this sermon. We're going to end it with a, a song over you. We're going to seal this. Let the Holy Spirit continue to work. Listen, he doesn't finish after the words finish. He still wants to work in some of your lives and online right now. God, God is not limited to time or space. God can touch you afresh. Father, I speak to those online right now. Lord, would you, Holy Spirit, would you come and fill their hearts right now? Father, would you remove all discouragement from your church? Father, in the name of Jesus, enable your people right now, we pray in Jesus' name.